Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 31 of The Tantalus Tales. If this is your first time listening to us, I just want to recommend starting at episode 1 of our show, Gnome Sweet Gnome, as we're story-driven and you could potentially run into spoilers if you started here. However, I'm not your dad, so if you want to start here, I can't really stop you. Enjoy the show. Previously on The Tantalus Tales... Up is going to be a bitch. <laughs> well, that sounds even better because it's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> this is a surprise, correct? Correct. Yes. The more shocked, the better. Uh, not, no, not, not to you. Shush. Uh, I said shush. You hear sparks in the background. I, I, I can't. Keep him tied up much longer. What are we doing? Uh, oh God. Hello? Spider notices all the buttons that have been pressed and just, what the fuck? God damn it. Oh, he burst out that mother. He reaches over to Bakar <laughs> and pulls him in front of him. The cake smacks him in Bakar's face. Mouth open. Mouth open. Just. This is perfect. A cannon of cake in your mouth. And. Best day ever. you guys are wiping cake and stuff from your face due to the i guess pseudo dragon exotic dancer that pops out of the uh cake uh you get a tap on your shoulder bakar and as you turn around Vern is there the rest of you assuredly notice uh that Vern has joined the festivities he does not have any cake on him at all. He seems to have gotten away from any of the uh, shrapnel uh, of cake <laughs> and has his own party hat on. You all have weird party hats on. I object to that. Wearing a hat like that? <laughs> you have a hat on top of your hat. Oh, thank thank goodness. That makes it all better, mm-hmm. having the hat on the hat. Yeah. I can accept that. <laughs> uh, and so Vern gestures uh for you to follow him toward his shop as you guys are walking he explains that i just wanted to thank you all one more time for assisting me in that uh chilly debacle so to speak and i just got off the globe with sandy klaus and he is all situated and whatnot back on his throne and also wants to give you his thanks, which I am here to give you, as well as uh, he turns around and... I hope he's giving us a big pot of chili also. (laughs) That would be delicious. 
mean, after that chili debacle, I hope he's you know improved his cooking. Someday we'll have an Anthony Bourdain episode. Mm. <laughs> uh, but uh, he turns around and, with a flourish, is holding a large sack on his back. Oh. And he flips it over and sets it down in front of you and says Sandy Claus would like to, uh Sandy Klaus excuse me would like to thank you he suggested a few items for you and he opens up the sack and rustles through and pulls out a well wrapped box uh and hands it to T slash ice i suppose wow same gift <laughs> guess we'll share this, this is for both you and your pet yeah yeah this is for both of you my pet also it counts for your birthday as well it, it sucks having a uh birthday around the winter solstice doesn't it t i guess no one's ever done this before <laughs> <laughs> you've always you know treated us both equally he chortles slightly and whisks his uh, not whisks, but uh, turns his hand and... What's with the cooking uh, terms? What? Yeah, What's with it? A lot of cooking terms. I don't know why. I I must be hungry. It's it's the cake. It's the food theme. It's it, it is. Sure, it is. Sure. Uh, fine. Now I just really want cake. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, presents Ice with a smaller box that Ice can easily hold in his hands. And That's adorable. Reaches back into the, the sack to pull out a smaller box than what T received, but heftier, uh, and hands it to Oren. It's got a little bit of weight to it, and then rustles through his bag once more and pulls out, of the four, it's smaller than Oren's, but still bigger than T's, uh, mm. a box for Bakar. And then he sees... Yanko, Yanko is looking at him very eagerly because Yanko's only ever been given one thing in his life, and that was the accordion. Aww. He looks excited as Vern shuffles through his... Like a kid on Chris. Oh, wait, never mind. L like a kitten on Christmas, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and produces a... Not, not a box, but a, um cylindrical about the size of a christmas cracker what uh right you're all american <laughs> what? what's that as a right mean? you're all american uh, a christmas cracker oh okay it's a cylindrical uh cylindrical i learned what i learned what that is from harry potter yeah there we go perfect slightly bigger than your average christmas cracker and gives it to yanko and these are a I don't want to say a holiday gift because we don't really do holidays here on the Institute, but Merry Cake Day uh, and <laughs> offers with a wave of his hands to uh, tear into your gifts. Well, it's about time someone recognized all the good work I've done. Thank you. <laughs> and as Oren clearly digs into it very quickly after unwrapping it as a small box that inside this box there are two brass knuckles hmm. on the brass knuckles one of them says thoughts 
prayers. And the other says prayers. <laughs> melee weapons. Uh, they, they are they are melee weapons for you, since you don't really do a whole lot of melee. You've got your sword. Yeah, but... He points to them, and he says, take a look at the, uh, at the writing. And as you look closer at the thoughts and the prayers, in the spots where there would be the O in the thoughts, the the P and the the A of prayers, there are small jewels inlaid in them. In the thoughts, this is T H O T. Yes, I knew it. Yeah. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Fantastic! Okay. I five. Uh, I mean, if it's on the knuckles, we can. <laughs> I I'm half tempted to say yes. Now that's a thoughtful gift, right? <laughs> that is a thoughtful gift but in the thoughts uh knuckle there is purpley jewels uh amethyst that's my birthstone yay well there we go uh there's amethyst in the thoughts and in the prayers there are clear probably not diamonds probably more cubic zirconia but they are they are glowing slightly both both are glowing with a purple and a, a kind of a light hue. He says, if you desire to really do damage without really doing damage, you can give them your thoughts and prayers. Hmm. The thoughts will do some psychic damage. The prayers will do some radiant damage. All right. <laughs> Got it. Yonko after seeing Oren tear apart his gift, gets very excited and follows suit and pulls at the Christmas cracker, and inside is a large scroll. And he uh, looks over it, and as he is reading it, he reads... Um, excuse me. What does he read? <laughs> he can't read. Have, he can't read. Uh, <laughs> he says... What is a, what is a demented cleric? And uh, um. <laughs> and he looks through the the list of things. Uh, it's a bunch of healing cantrips, since none of you have healing stuff. I have a bit of healing. A bit, a, a bit of healing, but now but now Yanko can. It is a scroll from a demented cleric, which is. Just my way of shoehorning in a Dr. Demento reference. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> who's who's next? Who's I would like to go. Okay. So T, as you open your uh gift, it is a shoebox. And inside are a pair of flat bottom shoes. Uh no arch support or anything like that. But definitely didn't consult my doctor on the side something has clearly been scratched out and replaced with a very rudimentary sticker that says verns uh and they are light to the touch well that can be Uh, taken many ways (laughs) (laughs) they're incredibly light and vern suggests trying them on i pop those suckers on are these like birkenstock style they're in the style of vans. Ooh, okay. Which is why there's a scratched out portion. He stole them. 
He just found vans. <laughs> Rebrand, rebranding. <laughs> he rebranded a pair of vans. Wow. With really Vern on the, the work side. You went to here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as you as you uh, lace them up, your feet feel lighter, and he chuckles a bit and says, "What is your vertical?" Um, I'm typically forty to forty five inches tall. When you jump? Uh, yeah. You meant how high you jump? Yeah. Sure, that was my my jump. (laughs) (laughs) So you jump as tall as you are. Nice. He says, give it a shot. Alright, I jump with all my might. And as you do so, you triple your, your jump height. Because the shoes are enchanted with the jump spell as a cantrip of sorts gonna come at you like a spider monkey so you are essentially uh yeah nice boom boots now (laughs) oh fuck that would have been so much better (laughs) just a pair of moon shoes that would be amazing (laughs) can i have the moon shoes (laughs) (laughs) he ponders for a second bends over in front of you and uh attaches just like a trampoline-esque thing around it so it it is like the moon shoes of the 90s <laughs> where it yeah these these burns now have now look like moon shoes that will give me at least three or four inches in height and that's what i was looking for there you go so now you are three inches three or four inches taller and have the ability to uh Bounce. use jump uh, at at will ice uh as it's been so long i don't remember is ice male i mean if you want to put labels on it sure <laughs> okay uh i was just about to say he opens it and i realized i didn't remember if we ice was save a it's fine yeah yeah they uh we... they open up we. <laughs> royal we <laughs> royal we uh they open up their uh their little gift and it is a uh, matching pair of uh, Vern makes a gesture with his hands and they turn into tiny looking uh, moon boots as well. Uh, I'm so excited. We should probably go pick out a new outfit to match these. <laughs> we are very amused. Uh, what? Hmm. What are you... Did you... I was going to say, you don't have costumes on anymore. That was the Halloween yeah. thing. Those all got burnt yeah. up uh, in your fight with Harold. Yeah. So you're not wearing the Giants jersey anymore. No. I think we're bla- you... back to sporting the, the black robe. J- just your cloak and your, your tentacle staff? Yeah, looking pretty pretty gothic. Yeah, the, you do have a bit of like a, like an aughts goth scene. Like, you're just missing, like, the... Like, you look like you could potentially have, like, a raven look to you. Yeah, I need to go with more of a a greenish instead of purplish hue to complement yeah. it. Well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so you have matching platform moon boots now, essentially. Hmm. Uh, and, Bakar, as you open your small box, it's an, as another little uh, hinged box... And inside mm-hmm. is a bracelet. Hmm. Uh, it is interlocking kind of scale 
looking. Like dragon scales? I wouldn't call it dragon scales because I'd feel bad for ice. <laughs> that would catch you an ass whooping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are interlocking uh, scales of sorts. And as you... Uh... Is Bacar left-handed or right-handed? No, are these scales electronic or he's manual? He's ambidextrous. It's fine. Uh, he's, he's an ambi. Uh, what, did, what did you say, Spencer? Are these scales like mechanical, electronic, like... Uh, yeah, it's just interlocking uh, weight scales. <laughs> it's called the Anubis bracelet. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it is it is like like lizardy scale material. Got it. It looks like little shields essentially uh, interlocking around uh, your your wrist. As you put it on, you don't really feel anything. It's a little there's a little heft to it. Like you don't feel lighter like T did, and you don't feel, uh, you don't. It, it's not like really glowing with anything like Orin's brass knuckles are. It's just pretty. It, it's it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> and Vern chuckles again slightly under his breath, uh, and asks, "Uh, what is your your health points? What is your total health points? Like grand total? total? No meta yeah. knowledge there, Please. Vern." Oh, 65? if anybody in this campaign has <laughs> meta-knowledge, it is Vern. <laughs> it's like, how healthy are you? It how is your armor class, anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how high is I'm, your armor class? I'm pretty class? healthy, well, except for the alcoholism, but <laughs> I don't know what you're healthy. talking about, mister. Enough of your fourth wall nonsense. Vern chuckles and says, all right. Uh, he holds his hand out at you. Mm-hmm. And pushes forward with his hand slightly. And you feel pain shooting through your entire body. No! Why? And you collapse to the ground. Merry Christmas, everyone. You said you had 65 health? Yep. He just did 40 points of damage to you. What the heck, bird? And as you... As you fall to your knees the bracelet starts to glow and it turns into a obsidian glowing buckler and you feel stronger. Cool. So I still have 40 points of damage that hit me. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. If you went first, I definitely would have, would have been okay with the knockoff vans. <laughs> 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 Uh, so he walks up to you and uh, waves his hand over you and you feel better. The pain is gone. The like internal bleeding that just happened. You caused been, internal bleeding? Ha has been mended. Your liver's a little uh, cleaner. Well, I'll have to fix that. <laughs> and as you feel better, the bracelet goes back to normal. Well, that's good to know. I'm I'm glad it tried to protect me, even though it still hurt like a bitch. He, <laughs> he helps you up, and he says, this is the dire bracelet. Dire bracelet. Got it. When you find yourself in a bit of a critical situation, it will activate and bump up your armor class. Yeah. It's actually more of a dire fly bracelet. A dire what? Dire fly. A die or fly. Yeah. So I'm not going to mess with Vern ever. <laughs> uh, I 
I'm surprised nobody's tried to fight Vern yet. Uh, I I don't think that's a great idea. I think we should just be friends. Yeah, friends. <laughs> I think we have a scaredy cat come on, in our group. Come on, come on, Vern. Fist bump. Let's go. Come on. You want to do a fist bump? Fist bump it with the ricers on. With, with the <laughs> fucking uh, thoughts and prayers. With the thoughts one or the prayers one? Oh, I suppose either one will work. Uh, yeah, you bump hands. I get thoughts. No, I'm just joking. Oh, really you bump hands it. and it does nothing. Oh. <laughs> thoughts don't if affect him. If you're just him. giving him a... Yeah, yeah. Vern's a man of God. <laughs> now you've got uh, Vern... Um, not Vern, excuse me. Uh, Oren has uh, some melee weapons. Bakar has a little more effectiveness when uh, closer to death. T can jump. Now I'm, I can jump high enough to punch people in the face. Yeah, now now you can finally. So if you put all your all your thoughts, you can finally fight people face to face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm appreciative of these golden and very shiny things that are on my hands now. It just adds to my whole look. Very appropriate. Oh, a hundred percent. I assumed you would just be wearing these constantly. Yeah, I've already put. Oh, they're already on my hands. I don't even remember putting them on. <laughs> yeah, that definitely is perfect for your character. Just gaudy as fuck. You've got the glamouflage belt, you've got scarves, thoughts and prayers. Giant hat. A shit ton of scarves, a big feather hat. All I need now is a monocle that lets me see farther away. <laughs> or maybe some, like, opera glasses that I can hold. No, wait, I need to have two hands free. Never mind. Yeah, you get you gotta have no, two hands one of those for... little like those little glasses that just balance on your nose. Like the, the what are those called? Oh, I didn't glasses. realize they had a name. Yeah, yeah glasses. <laughs> well, they're those little the little ones. You know, just get you some uh, steampunk goggles or something. Oh, that's even better. really do much. Goggles don't do much. They don't. They don't just they they look cool. That's about it. Why are they steam powered? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Steam powered goggles on your face. That would be interesting. Mm. As we uh. Since it's also been a bit, um, we know what T is wearing. Uh, we know what Orin is dressed as, uh, <laughs> as gaudy as humanly, po- uh, elfly possible. What what is Bakar wearing? What uh, what do you usually? I think he wears um, his armor or at least some form of it. You got. But... Let's you see, got I got plate or chain armor. As of right now. I do make I do have a lot of them. I think I still have chainmail on. Um Perfect. Yeah, and then I also think like the only time he's not wearing that is usually when he is angrily uh walking around butt naked or just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So T is basically a green hobbit excuse me, green halfling raven looking thing. Orin is gaudy as he can possibly be uh, and only hopes to get more gaudy. Uh, and Bakar is... Like a wizard if he was a pimp. Yeah, a, a basic a, bitch. A wizard pimp, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yet I don't know any magic. Yeah, you don't really, <sighs> do you? You know the jump spell. Well, obviously this means I'll need to learn more. You know the jump spell, and you have not... I got Cure Wounds. ...done any jumping. I think I did once. Maybe. I believe we leveled up last one right so you guys should be level six now yeah i think so 
Okay, yeah. perfect. Then that is great. And Yonko, we've never really talked about how Yonko looks. Yonko, of course, always has his accordion uh, strapped to his back. He's got a turtleneck sweater on. A turtleneck sweater? You think so? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of cute. He's a, a stealthy little... Well, not really stealthy. He is not great. Sweater Turtlenecks are the, are the quietest of all sweaters. The, uh, it's tactile neck. Tactile turtleneck? Sure. Tactile turtleneck? But he is a kind of a gray-ish feelist, like a light gray patches in his gray. He's got an off-center eye. He, well, not kind of a lazy eye, because I think that's adorable. I love cats that are a little fucked up looking. Hmm. And Yanko is a little fucked up looking, and I love him. I think he also would have a little hat, like a little beret. Something with a feather in it? Like a bard in a fantasy novel. Mm. sitting there playing a lute but uh instead playing an accordion uh <laughs> uh adorable now that you've got your gifts uh is there anything you need from Vern while you're here is there any like updates to wardrobes you guys still have a handful of gold i did have somebody ask me uh and i'm going to address it here because why not ask me why i don't deal in the, the copper and silver and stuff, and that we just use gold, because I don't want to deal with denominations of things. I don't fuck with change. I grew up on Final Fantasy, and it was always one denomination. Ill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so that, uh, to answer your question, uh, if you are still listening, that is why. We're all so rich, we don't touch copper and silver. We, I'm an old man. I don't like change. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Oh, we, God, we, I hate change. <laughs> <laughs> As the oldest uh, one in our group, I can honestly say that I don't like change. I suppose, yeah, you are the oldest of the three of you, aren't you? Absolutely. I'm a baby. I, my species is probably fairly young, but I am oldest by years. Actually, yeah, because yeah, Bakar's like 30-something. I always imagined my dude was at least 100, if not uh, yeah. older. He's young for an elf, but... Yeah, 150, that's right. Still older than everyone else here. Almost combined, I think. Because, T, you're not terribly old, are you? Uh, no, I'm pretty spry. Especially for a halfling. Yeah. And then, pseudo-dragons are essentially eternal, aren't they? Yeah, he's probably got all y'all beat. Very likely. <laughs> Feelists don't last super long. Yeah, don't get too attached. Yeah. So technically, <laughs> Yonko is pretty young. Yeah, Yonko is pretty young. He's not knocking on the litter box in the sky yet. That's good. <laughs> As an aside, I agree that like just copper, silver, gold thing—that's that's more use in like an actual like video game. Outside of that, yeah. I'd say don't worry about it too much. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm we not. We are high-paid mercenaries. I think we mostly get paid in gold. I don't take <laughs> yeah. change. Keep it, please. Yeah, we're doing world-saving activities. If yeah, we don't have time for copper. <laughs> but that's what I dealt with back in my forties. I remember that. <laughs> but uh, so we got some melee stuff for for Oren. We got some healing stuff now for the party, since uh, nobody really knows how to heal people. You just stab them, and you you get health. We kill them before it's a problem. Yeah, Yanko has some of that for you guys now, so he can sing you a healing ditty. Hope he wraps it. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I can't. No. Rap, so I can't no. imitate that. 
T's got some jump abilities, and... I've always had hops. Yeah. <laughs> and... Picard will be happy. Loves hops. Mostly in liquid form. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, is there anything you need from Vern while we're here? Just a crisp high five. Thanks for all that. A crisp <laughs> high five. Wonderful. Yep. You're right outside his, uh, his shop. Decided to do all the dealings outside, uh, today. It's a nice day on the Institute. But if there's nothing anybody needs... Nope. What time of day is it right now? More cake, maybe? Uh. Alcohol. Do we have the party day. in the afternoon or like the evening? Uh, there's not really a sun uh, well. around to gauge time. There's just the eternal lights of the Institute. Yeah, so so, no wonder I get terrible sleep. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no. Everyone's circadian rhythm is fucked on the Institute. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Uh, it could be breakfast time for all I know. Let's go eat something else. It's cake. <laughs> so much cake. I need something a bit savory. So you guys venture back to the party that is still going on. Some of the main NPCs have left. Spider is no longer at the party. Sparks has returned to her post. Nicola is still there. And as <laughs> with his party hat on that has kitty paw prints all over it uh, and a nice little pom-pom on the top. It's very adorable uh, for... Uh, a very stubborn tabaxi. As you return to the party area, Nicola catches you and grabs you some more cake to partake if you so choose. Yes, please. And uh, as the party is starting to wind down a bit after you've uh, taken a bit more time to partake in the festivities, Nicola turns to you all and with a a a rare smile on his face oh. in the time you've been on the institute you've not ever seen him smile normally he's very non-emotional he does not get caught up uh the first time you've ever seen him show emotion was in the bar earlier when he was drinking milk and reminiscing about his family and he turns to you with this smile and says Thank you for this. You're welcome. I did not in my hairiest dreams ever think that I would have fun outside of a lab. Hmm. Well, that's the only place you can have fun. <laughs> you notice he's a bit inebriated at this point. Good. I would also like that alcohol. Uh, <laughs> there, there is plenty about now that you Excellent. have a slightly cleaner liver, thanks to Vern. Excellent time to, <laughs> and he steps closer to you all and holds out his glass to you all, and says to Bakar, uh, for suggesting to have this, uh, and takes a swig. And reaches into his pocket and pulls out a fairly old-looking photograph, uh, which is not necessarily something you guys have seen. Photography, in general. Most of the stuff on your homeworld was paintings and portraits and such, not... Like, this is... It's witchcraft. 
it's a bit advanced for what you are all used to. Super realistic. Never right. seen a painting that realistic before. Essentially. He holds it out to you so you can all see it's aged slightly. But it's for tabaxi all huddled together at a table one of them in the front you can clearly see is a younger nicola Uh, he's not wearing his trademark lab coat but he is wearing what appears to be a, a necktie of sorts with a kind of again happy expression on his face which is not something you're used to with him next to him slightly behind him at this table is a burlier fluffier uh tabaxi a calico colored tabaxi who has one arm holding a giant axe on their shoulder and the other is tossing the hair uh, on the back of nikolai's head there is a dopey fucking grin on this tabaxi just wide mouth teeth gleaming there's a couple of teeth missing <laughs> from the uh the smile clearly a a brawler of sorts uh this this calico tabaxi uh but very happy behind nikolai to the left of nikolai there is uh well i guess to the right on from your perspective is a thinner a little older looking than the other three tabaxis a gray with slight calico patches uh but mostly gray and definitely perturbed looking uh at the whole situation that is being photographed Mm. as they pour over a large book on the table trying to distance themselves seemingly as much as possible from the the rest of the group they have cloak on that Looks like they had tried to put on the hood, but one of the one of the other tabaxi probably pulled it off for the picture. Mm. The hair is slightly muffled and such. There's a grimace kind of on their face. Uh, and then on Nicola's right, for, again, from your perspective, the left, is the youngest looking of the four tabaxi. A burnt orange tabaxi who who looks very proud and has an arm wrapped around Nicola. And on his shoulder, there's a white ferret. And on the faces of both the ferret and this burnt orange tabaxi, the most mischievous smirk as they are leaning in towards Nicola. Clearly, this is a celebration for Nicola as there is a cake sitting in front of the four of them. Aside from the the, the grayish tabaxi, everyone looks extremely happy uh, in this picture. As you uh, turn your gaze back to Nicola, the present-day Nicola, looking older, <laughs> definitely grumpier, uh, and world-worn, you see a, a small tear well up in one of his eyes he uh brushes it away slightly before putting the picture back who were they putting the picture away he turns to to you all and and says this this is my family um he chuckles slightly and a little sadly actually 
uh, under his breath and says, this was the last time the four of us were all together. Oh. Um, he, uh, he, he digs the, the picture back out and points to the burnt orange tabaxi and the ferret uh, and says, shortly after this was taken, uh, Theophilus and Dave went off to join the intergalactic navy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then points to the calico and the gray uh, tabaxi. Calope and Isidore left shortly after Theophilus did to try and make a, a safer place for folks like us. Yeah, I remember having a family too. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, so, I do have a question with the whole like Space Navy. Do they have to go and find water to land in? Uh... <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure if it's a space navy, they'd be more like spaceships instead of. Well, you don't call yeah, them the water navy. You just yeah, we don't know what the heck that is. I I suppose maybe. Well, you have big old <laughs> like sailing boats in in space. You call it? Ooh, if it was like space pirates, kind of like you got your it's own like, ships. Is this like? That'd be uh, cool. I mean, how do you sail through? It's like airships, but in space. Air. What are airships? Ships in the air. No. No. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> you're on a floating space station, and you're questioning the intergalactic navy. Hey everyone, it's Taylor, your DM and lore master. I just wanted to stop in for a quick second to tell you about our sponsors for this week. Uh, if you would like to help keep the lights on over at the Tantalus Tales HQ, you can do so via our Patreon or our Coffee accounts. Uh, both uh, are at their respective things backslash the Tantalus Tales. Don't currently have the finances to support us? Don't worry about it. Sharing us to people you think might like us is great. Word of mouth is a fantastic way to support us. Our sponsors this week are Aortic Inkwell and the Other Side of the Tracks podcast. Aortic Inkwell, the creator of the brilliant Somnia comic, her art has a strong Amano vibe and pulls from Vampire Hunter D and even some Sailor Moon aesthetics. As of recording this, her store is currently on hiatus until mid-September. You can still scope out her work and support her through Kofi and Patreon as well, both of those at their respective sites backslash Aortic Inkwell if you find her on Twitter. She also has a section for all of the sites you can find her artwork in. It's wonderful. I have several pieces of her work, and they are amazing. I cannot sell her work higher uh, than buying it myself. The Other Side of the Tracks podcast follows two friends who couldn't be more different discovering new music that they wouldn't have listened to otherwise, as well as broaching some cultural and race discussions. Check them out on a podcatcher near you. If you would like to sponsor the Tantalus Tales, shoot me a line over at thetantalustales at gmail.com 
and we'll set something up. Enjoy the rest of the show. Do you want to hear what a 34-year-old white man thinks of Kendrick Lamar's good kid, Mad City? Or do you want to hear what a 26-year-old black guy has to say about Led Zeppelin? <laughs> well, then we've got the podcast for you. It's called The Other Side of the Tracks. Uh, my friend Caleb here is going to give me a black album to listen to. And Jamie's going to give me a white album. And we are going to go through track by track and discuss our feelings on each. Oh yeah, and we've got feelings. And inevitably it gives way to some great conversation about our differences in cultures as well as similarities. So again, we're Other Side of the Tracks. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Nicola puts the, the picture back and says that was... That was just over a decade ago that this picture was taken. I've I've tried to reach them, but I haven't had any success. And he takes a deep breath, and there's a slight beeping noise that seems a bit muffled. And he snaps a bit to his senses, and he looks at his spider com on his wrist, and he wide-eyed looks at you and says, Oh. Shit. <coughs> I'm going to be late for a time point. And rushes off. That sounded like an excuse. Oh, I'm late for um, a time point. Yeah, I gotta get there. Right away. <laughs> point in time. Is that some kind of card game? Uh, he's, he's late for a time point. Um, for those that are not aware, time point is something to do with science. Uh a point where you have to be back before something goes am amiss. Uh, you set a time point if you're going to be doing something. So it's an alarm. It's essentially an alarm to stop something that is going. Uh, if you miss your time point, you could have fucked up your experiment. Uh, so it's like point break? Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's like if you... <laughs> like point break? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that got through to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he darts off fairly quickly. Fastest you've ever seen Nicola move, for sure. Uh, but I suppose he is a tabaxi, and tabaxis are fairly agile people. He's still wearing his party hat as he dashes off towards the uh, the elevators. Five gold um, says he doesn't take that off till tomorrow. <laughs> but... Uh, as he uh, dashes off, you guys also hear a slight beeping coming from your uh, spider comms. The... the spider alert. Uh, yeah. Spider signal. Uh, it is My the spider, spider signal. And it's uh, a message from Bane and Nora, who are announcing that a dossier is ready for your next mission. Well then, cool. shall we adjourn? Can we just like teleport there? Pew. I, I mean, essentially... I mean, you can. Jeez, I don't think I can. I mean, you can jump pretty far. It's like, uh... I'll just Like, walk, it'll be like six steps now, right? I know. I'll jump, and then you jump off of me while I'm holding you. Now you'll jump, like, uh, five, like so you're, six times. You're gonna be his Yoshi? Yeah. No, I will, I will be the Yoshi, and... So you want everyone to jump on you? No. No, no, just, just me. Just, I'm just gonna walk. <laughs> No, we, as we argue, the car's already gone. <laughs> the car's already. I'm already walking. A good several yards away. Wait up! I'm I used one Come bounce on. to get him. Yeah. It, it would take impressive. like literally a second for them to get there, but he, they argued too much about it, and Bakar's already there. <laughs> Bakar, Bakar's gone. 
<laughs> but yeah, you uh, make your way up to the comm center where uh, Nora and Bane, uh, the twins, are uh, slaving away at their computers like they normally do. Uh, and They've been enslaved? We must free them immediately. <laughs> I mean, is, is that what you want to try? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as uh, they're tapping away at their computers like they normally do, watching all the different figures and ratios and graphs and stuff on the screens in front of them and still doesn't make any heads or tails for you because it's going it it's very much like anytime I think about this this I, I think about the scene in The Matrix when Oh yeah uh, watching the code. He's what they're watching the code and you don't see anything. It's like I don't see code anymore. I just see numbers. Blonde, brunette, redhead, I think is the phrase he said that. Yeah. They are essentially uh doing that. They're watching all of this for things to pop up. It's like looking in a chaotic colli- events. In a kaleidoscope. God, I can't look at it. Long. Essentially, yeah. It makes me dizzy. As you walk in, Nora looks up from her typing and says, Oh, good. You've made it. Uh your dossier is over there on the counter. Feel free to take it and read it over and be on your way. Sparks is expecting you. And then turns back to her computer and continues to monitor the jumble of images and such. Yonko, very excitedly, as this is his first actual mission, no. like scampers over as he's scampering over his, his accordion is occasionally making like <laughs> and he so picks it up. Nah. Very self. You know, what I appreciate about this place is the personal touch that they put into every mission we go on. You know? <laughs> like, I feel like we're needed and valued. Like, we're not just baseless entities being sent off on random missions. Yeah. I've, no, I've now sure. exceeded my sarcasm quotient for the day. I'll, I'll cut back. <laughs> They're nothing if not efficient. Bane and Nora, that is. Uh, Yonko grabs the dossier and looks through it and says... I don't understand a word of what's going on in this dossier. What's a dossier? Is this a dossier? Yes. I don't understand what a dossier is, nor (laughs) do I understand anything in this. There's a couple pictures, and then there's a lot of figures and graphs and stuff that I don't understand. And I know how to read a little bit, at least. What is this? And uh, he hands it uh, off to you guys. As you look it over, again, graphs and figures and stuff that you don't quite understand, the pictures attached to it give you all a vague, familiar feeling. The The pictures attached to this dossier remind you guys of home. The last few uh, places you've gone have been not necessarily similar to your home world, this one reminds you all very much more of home. There are green fields, crisp-looking forests. Uh, It looks warm and sunny and cozy. It begs the question as to what exactly is going on with this world that you need to go and rectify something. Mm. But the code to it, it is Lambda... 4448 and it looks nice and uh you guys 
do you have any questions for the twins at all? Do you have any need for... So what's wrong here? Bane looks up from you and says, Oh, Lambda 4448, there is a cataclysmic surge of energy coming from the planet's core. Okay. I think with your track record, you guys are bound to get it right. Gotta love surprises. Yep. What's in the Earth's core? Well, we'll just dig down there and find out. Uh, How far is that? (laughs) Oh, a couple thousand miles. Yeah, at least 12. Okay, at least 12. Got it. Anything else you need from the twins? Uh, What's this Do we have to have disguises or something? Quite a bit. They haven't really given us anything at all yet, (laughs) actually. So we can use a lot. (laughs) You want to explain these graphs? They're just there to make it look good. (laughs) Uh, The graphs and stuff in the dossier or on the screen? Just the ones on the screen. I don't care about the dossier, actually. (laughs) Nora perks up and is slightly slightly confused because people don't normally ask about the inner workings and stuff of the uh the comm center and actually looks a little excited to talk and says oh well you see she points to uh, a section of the graph and says we look at these and we can determine uh where in places and different points of the universe the galaxy even if you would uh that chaotic events are going to take place uh it's like uh if 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 i were to watch weather patterns i guess if i was what do they call those uh meteorologists what we're doing is we're watching for patterns and stuff say if you take uh she's starts rambling about different graph points and different areas where you add the x to the y and then divide the slope of the sun tan uh and then all of these other things and she looks up and yonko is dozing off on his feet uh well to counter his energy I am super excited and really into what she's saying, and I tell her how cool it is, and then I ask, so would you be able to, like, see the chaotic energy of, like, a being that generated so much chaos? That That is one of the things that we're looking for, uh, specifically, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, she looks at her brother and then looks back at you guys and says, I'm I'm pretty sure you know about Kanton, don't you? My face is no. blank. Face is blank. <laughs> she looks back at her brother and they both look at each other a bit shocked and says, well, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have told you that. I, th- I thought you guys knew about Kanton. The guy going around and causing all this chaotic event? Is he like the guy that we ended up running into before? You guys you guys ran into Kanton? I don't know. We ra- we you... ran into some weird people. Did you uh, And you survived? He <laughs> She starts to 
shudder a bit, a bit out of fear. He is, he's a, he's a monster, tall and gray and sullen, and his eyes, that golden, piercing. Oh, he sounds dreamy. Dreamy. <laughs> Was the guy that we ran into dreamy? No. No, he wasn't. He didn't sound all that fancy. No, he wasn't. That description, on the other hand, is kind of impressive. She is now not paying any attention to the graphs and such because she has this thousand-yard stare like she's recalling something that had happened can i attempt to figure out this machine and type in cthulhu while she's (laughs) uh you can certainly try uh roll an insight check 13 uh with the additions i get no additions oh you get no additions okay so you as she's staring off into space take a gander at her console and none of the buttons and labels or anything make any sense to you whatsoever it is not in a language or a any sort of script that you can read cool well i definitely go through and hit buttons in my attempt yeah okay let's do a straight D20, add your survival. Hmm. Well, that's that's a 10. Okay, so you touch a few buttons, and Bane, the, the brother, almost seeming to notice that the sound of you touching things sounds different from the sound of his sister touching things, which sounds weird now that I say it. That makes perfect sense. Looks over and catches you doing this. He... I hit as many buttons Yo. as I can before <laughs> before before you get slapped by me. <laughs> yeah, like ow. Catches me in that blank look and then I just go for it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you press a handful of buttons and what do you just jump out of the way? Roll a dexterity. Uh to see if you get hit by him or not. You know, this this ended up being pretty bad with a, uh, it's a nat one. <laughs> so he sees you. You go hog on this fucking keyboard console area and then attempt to jump away. But as you do, you hit your head on one of the monitors around it <laughs> and fall back down onto Nora. I just say, ah, fucking moon shoes. uh so you're you're sitting you're in nora's lap at this point you take eight points of bludgeoning damage hitting your head on the monitor (laughs) and so you sit there rubbing your your head on uh nora's lap and nora tosses you off her lap over the counter and you just kind of roll on the ground in front of your party's feet, and they both tell you to get the fuck out. I just, they made it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so as you leave, 
Yonko's giggling at you because he thought that was hilarious. And as he is walking behind you, uh, he unrolls his his new scroll and plays one of the songs in it uh, on his accordion. And it's not great because he can't read music. So he gets roughly around where everything is and you heal for four points of damage or you heal for four points of health. Uh, so you only really took four points of damage from hitting your head. Uh, you feel a little better, but now you got kind of a ringing in your ear because of the accordion being played in a hallway. Yeah, I'm not what, sure which one saved me from the headache, but uh, still here. <laughs> so as you guys wander, uh, who has the dossier, by the way? Uh, uh, Bacar does. Bacar's got it? Okay. Yep. As you guys uh, make your way down to the engineering floor, uh, as you turn your turn the corner car, roll me a perception check. Twenty-three. Twenty-three perception. Wonderful. As you're uh, laughing at T's headache and Yanko playing the accordion behind you. You turn the corner, and you notice out of the corner of your eye, roll a dexterity for me quick. Um, four. Four. So as you turn the corner, you see that there is somebody else coming around the corner, and as you're distracted by the giggle fits behind you, essentially, you run headlong into a tall pompously dressed drow elf and papers from your dossier the papers from his dossier fly up in the air uh scatter style you land on your ass he <laughs> lands on his ass behind him is a a gray uh and white tabaxi who has a visible scar across their throat who bends down and begins to start gathering up papers as well as behind the drow elf is a dwarven woman whose armor is all bedazzled in gaudy shiny jewels and such uh honestly this sounds like the start of a rom-com a little bit it's a it's a meat <laughs> cute uh <laughs> you four recognize these three almost immediately yanko dives into assist the tabaxi in gathering up the papers and such of the separate dossiers and whatnot and the dwarven woman helps the the drow elf up dusts him off and such as uh the drow elf turns to you bakar on the floor and says why don't you watch where the hell you're going um or you could uh <laughs> oh shit as he's dusting himself off the uh the tabaxi having gathered up the dossier papers and such hands the one dossier to yanko and stands up and hands their dossier to chaz as you recall the to the drow elf the drow elf snatches it from them looks to the dwarven woman and says dazzledred Agnostos, let's go. And it snaps as he and 
the dwarf, Dazzledred, push past you and into the uh, engineering quarters of uh, of Sparks. Uh, Ignosos looks at their party uh, and looks back at you all with a glimmer of regret and apologetic sadness in their eyes and holds their uh, fist loosely to their chest uh, with their thumb on top and in a uh, couple of clockwise motions moves their hand on their chest to apologize for what happened and snakes past you to follow their party. Yonko turns around to you guys and looks a little sad and a little perturbed at the same time and and hands Bakar, who <laughs> is still on the ground at this point. Uh, I'm here by choice at this point. Yeah, at, at this point, <laughs> for sure. Hands Bakar the dossier and, and asks, who, who are they? Why is that elf such an, such a, he uh, leans in and says, a J-E-R-K. A stick got shoved somewhere he shouldn't have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Yanko tries his best to help Bakar up and I guess dust... Yanko dusts uh, Bakar off uh, as as best as he can because he is short and small. Just gets the legs, really. Do you remember who those people are? Did we fight them at some point? They are the current record holders of the institute in they didn't we mop the floor with them <laughs> you did beat them in a fight yes it was that our first day there that was your first day there yeah yep your i remember that first day wandering around on the institute uh they are the quote unquote dream team of the <laughs> institute uh that was uh chaz the drow elf eh, i think our team's the dream team so on them uh dazzledred the dwarf uh, and Agnostos, the tabaxi, who is unable to speak because of the damage that was done on a mission to their throat. Hence the, the sign language for, I'm sorry. Uh. So as you enter Sparks's chambers, the light from the teleporter pops off and a vague kind of smoke is left behind. Which, this is the first time you've seen the teleporter used without being in it. The burnt smell that you've become accustomed to uh, in Spark's engineering department. The source of that has been when you get teleported. Uh, Does it smell like smoked or burnt flesh? Both. It's a bit of a burnt sour smell. I suppose hmm. like the sour goes away, but mostly just the kind of akin to like the thing that I'm thinking when I think this is, do you remember the old pop cap guns? Oh yeah. It's just got, got that kind of gunpowdery smell to it. Okay. That's what I think of when I think of how the engineering department smells. Okay. Because essentially you're getting disintegrated and re-put together somewhere else. Uh, which brings up a whole different topic of the whole 
teleportation thing? Is it really Are we you? just copy of ourselves? Are, are, are we <laughs> just a copy of a copy of a copy? That is a can of worms that I don't feel like opening now. <laughs> well, so does that mean we never made it on the ship because they teleported us up? They just fried us and made a new us? Uh, we are already is, dead. That is definitely a thought process. That uh, So we're back with Dave or whatever that guy's name was. Dave? I, I can, Dave, I can Dave never was remember the his ferret. Name. Do you mean Richard? Richard. Such an unmemorable name. <laughs> oh, hey, Richard! <laughs> that is a debate to go into at some point. You've learned where the smell comes from. As you walk in and the lights go off and the smell happens, Sparks sees you and says, Oh, hello! I'm very busy today, apparently. And, uh, flies over to a perch near you all and says I'll, I'll take that last page in your dossier real quick and we'll get you all situated uh and all right i hand it over reaches out a clawed talon and flies over to her console and punches in numbers and feeds it into the machine well i suppose most of you know uh how how to do this uh i see we have a, a new a, a newcomer onto our team hello there we've we we met before but you also vomited on my teleportation pad <laughs> no apologies necessary well to yonko yonko threw up when you guys made it back she uh waves her wing over and has you all get situated yonko looks both terrified and extremely excited a bit because he remembers how he felt after this and also excited to go on his first mission with you all. As he uh, looks up at Bakar and begins to ask something, Sparks goes, here we go, and clicks the button and you guys begin to disintegrate once more. And as you begin to put yourselves back together, you immediately realize something's wrong. This isn't the world we're supposed to be on, is it? You look around. It is dark. It is darker than any of you are used to. Hey everyone, it's Taylor again. I hope you enjoyed episode 31, uh, A Can of Worms. It's been wonderful to uh, be on a regular recording schedule again, as well as a regular release schedule, and I, I feel great about it. It's great. I'm excited, I'm happy, and I can't wait for you to see, uh, and by see I mean here, uh, <laughs> the rest of uh, chapter four, we are just about to head into the world uh, of chapter four, and I'm excited. This one, uh, <laughs> this world is 
based on one of my favorite childhood books. And I, I, I'm really happy with how it's come out so far in the recording sessions, and I'm excited to hear what you all have to say about it. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to thank What's Good for the use of their song intro. Uh, you can find them on SoundCloud. They've got a bunch of cool melodies and songs and such that I listen to all the time when I'm uh, writing for the Tantalus Tales or working on other things in my house. They've got a lot of great arrangements. I also want to thank our Patreon supporters, everyone who has stuck with us through the hiatus. Uh, we are looking to add more things to our Patreon. Uh, in fact, one of the things that we're looking to jump into with our Patreon is a... <laughs> still trying to figure out exactly a name for it, but somebody had mentioned to me a subscriber slaughter, where you as a Patreon subscriber write up a monster that our boys will fight in just a one-off, non-canon type of gladiatorial fight uh, between your monster and the the boys of the Tantalus Tales. And if you are interested in that, we will put up something soon here on the Patreon. If you want to help us keep the lights on there, that would be fantastic. Everything that we make through Patreon goes towards making this show better and keeping the lights on. And hopefully, if we can start making enough with this, I can pay the boys so that they can have some income from this as well, because it would be fantastic. I would love to be able to pay <laughs> my friends, who are my three boys in the Tantalus Tales. Uh, right now, they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart, and I love them for it. And I love you for sticking around and hanging out with me. I hope you are well. I know there are things going on in the world right now, especially with uh, the continuing pandemic. I hope that things get better for you. And I love you to death, and I'm glad you're here. Enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your whenever you're listening to this. I look forward to hearing from you, and I will see you in a couple weeks with episode 32. <laughs> Bye.